Just as we were singing, come Holy Spirit, come, or come Lord Jesus, come, I just felt God saying to me, when we sing that, we sing it into two different things. Come Holy Spirit is for now. Come Holy Spirit, come. We want the Holy Spirit to come now. Come Lord Jesus, come is singing into the end of time, because Jesus is coming again. But he's not coming now. He's coming when the world is ready for him to come. And uh, we're not at that point, because he said he'll return when every tongue and language group has heard, when they've heard who Jesus is. And that's not happened yet. And so we're waiting for the coming of Jesus. But as we sing into that, we can sing into both. Because singing into Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, is now. We want the Holy Spirit with us now. And he is with us. He's promised he'll never leave us or forsake us. But when we sing, come, Lord Jesus, come, it's the, it's the second coming of Christ that we're singing into. And that's the hope and the future that we live with. So we need to be singing both. And there are two, two occasions that are going to happen. One is now and continuously. The other one is, an, is a time to come for us. But we sing into both because we want to see both happening. But to see Lord Jesus come, there's things that we need to do to make that happen. We need to be out there sharing the gospel with those that do not know for every tongue, tribe, and language group to hear. And so that's where we, we can sing more than that. We can pray into that as well and do things that will enable the coming of, of the Lord Jesus to happen. It was just something I felt as we were singing that, like, come, Lord Jesus, and come, Holy Spirit. We always want the Holy Spirit with us. He's here. We need to be aware of him. So let's pray. Oh, Holy Spirit, we've just welcomed you and invited you to be here. And we know you are here. But when we invite you to come in, it's really to make us more aware of your presence here. Because your promise to us is that you'll never leave us or forsake us. You are with us always. And I pray now, as was prayed earlier this morning, just speak to us now through your word. Speak into us. Open our ears to hear, our minds to understand, our hearts to receive, that we can live lives that reflect your glory and your presence and your grace on this earth today in all that we do. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So last Sunday in my message, A New Season, I said, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, giving them the structure for their and our prayer life. And this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13, commonly known as the Lord's Prayer, but it's a pattern of how we are to pray. I also said God is now taking us into a season of seeing his kingdom come, his will being done on earth as it is in heaven, which is from Matthew 6, verse 10, as we just read which is our verse for this term, and it contains our word for this year, which is kingdom. 
which is the topic of our new sermon series, The Kingdom. Why did Jesus instruct his disciples to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Why do you think that he instructed them to pray in this way? I believe it's because the kingdom of God was not present on the earth at that time, even though Jesus was present. If the kingdom of God was not present on the earth at that time, what kingdom was present? It was the kingdom of darkness, where Satan ruled. That was present at the time, and not the kingdom of God. Now, how do we, do, how do we know that? Directly off the account of Jesus being baptized in the Jordan River by his cousin John, we read this account. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended to him. It's Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. When Satan offered Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, in exchange for Jesus bowing before him and worshiping him, Jesus never challenged the devil on his authority to make this offer, because he knew the offer was valid. Rather, he quoted scripture, telling the devil who we are to worship. So Jesus never challenged the devil on his authority to make that offer. How did Satan come to have this authority to make this offer to Jesus? And why would it be a tempting offer for Jesus to even consider? Was there a time when the kingdom of God existed on the earth and God's will was being done? Let's have a look at the third of these three questions and answer that first. Because in doing that, we'll also answer the first question. We'll leave the second question for another time. So the questions are, how did Satan come to have this authority to make his offer to Jesus? And why would it be, tempt it would be a tempting offer for Jesus to even consider? And thirdly, was there a time when the kingdom of God existed on the earth and God's will was being done? Now there was a time when the kingdom of God was present on the earth. It was right at the beginning of creation. If you do not know the creation story, it's found in the first three chapters of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. 
We don't have the time to read all three chapters now, so I'm going to highlight certain verses so that we can have a better understanding. Reading from Genesis chapter 1, verses 24 to 28. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Man, and male and female, was the pinnacle of God's creation. Being created in the image and likeness of God and given authority by God to rule over the earth. It was God's creation that he delegated to mankind to rule over, work it, and take care of it. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. <clears throat> Adam and Eve were to live in the Garden of Eden, taking care of it, and where everything they needed was provided. It was truly paradise. They walked with God and talked with God. Everything was perfect. God's will was being done on the earth. This answers the third question. This was the time when God's kingdom was on the earth and his will was being done on earth. When God walked with man on the earth. But all of that was about to change. Now we don't know how long Adam and Eve lived like this. How long God's kingdom was on the earth. How long paradise existed for them. But it did change because they did not exercise their authority and rule over one certain animal in the garden. And they succumbed to its lie and temptation. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat of any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings.
for themselves. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. The serpent who they were to rule over deceives them, lies to them, and encourages them to eat that which God had said not to eat. The lie was, you will be like God. Now why was that a lie? Because they were already like God. We read earlier how man was created in God's image and likeness. How much more like God can you become or want to be? Living as they did, where everything was perfect, everything was provided for them, what more did they want? <coughs> Excuse me. Instead of exercising their authority over the serpent, as God had created them to do, they succumbed to the lie and lost their position in the garden, their authority over the birds, fish, and animals, and their communion with God in the cool of the day. The only thing they didn't lose were their lives, very much like the one who lied to them had experienced. But more of that another time. There were consequences for Adam and Eve for their disobedience to God's will and them not exercising their authority over the servant, over the serpent, as well as consequences for the serpent. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild, wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you'll eat dust all the days of your life. And I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plant of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 to 19. The snake lost its legs. It's almost crazy to think of snakes with legs. But it's true, they had legs. They did have legs. And uh, even those that be believe in evolution say that the, they can see there's evidence of snakes having legs. They lost their legs. The ground was cursed, causing weeds to grow, meaning man would have to struggle to grow food. So all those farmers out there who struggle with weeds, they can blame Adam and Eve for that. He also lost dominion over the earth to Satan. And that is why Satan could offer the kingdoms of the world to Jesus when he came to tempt him. Because man was no longer responsible for those, for the earth. They've been given over to Satan. Women lost their equality with men and would suffer increased pain in childbirth. But a prophecy was made of how God would gain back dominion of the earth and Satan would be defeated. There's always the good news in all 
that we look and see when we read God's Word. I'll look at why the temptation of gaining back the kingdoms of the world by just bowing down and worshipping the devil would be something the devil could offer another time in this series, not today. But in conclusion, God created all that exists, including the earth, which could be seen as an extension of his heavenly kingdom, where man was to live in fellowship with God, caring for the earth and exercising authority and dominion over it, and all the creatures living on the earth. But Satan interfered and deceived man and gained dominion of the world. The kingdom of God came to earth, but was withdrawn when Satan took dominion of the earth. But God promised it would come again. God did not give up on man. He already had a plan in place to see the return of his kingdom to the earth again. And we'll learn more about this as we work our way through this series. Let's pray before we get into the discussion questions. Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you that your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your kingdom is where you rule and where you reign. And as we look back at time where your kingdom was on this, on this earth, but because of sin, it was lost to us. And it cost you to regain what man so willingly gave away. We say thank you, Father, for the plan that you had in place already. And I say thank you, Father, for the plans that you have for each and every one of us. And help us to walk and live out your kingdom on the earth today. Because as we'll learn in this series, your kingdom is here. We now live again in your presence. But we also live where there's darkness and evil on the earth. And we need to be aware of both kingdoms that are here. Father, show us each day how to live reflecting your glory and your love through your power that you place in us through your Holy Spirit. Lead us and guide us, Holy Spirit. Teach us your ways. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence now. And Jesus, thank you for all that you've done for us. Amen. It wasn't a long message. I trust that you've learned something from it. So the discussion questions are, what stood out for you from this message? Secondly, have you experienced temptations by the devil in your life? 
How did you deal with them? Thirdly, have you ever been aware of the devil trying to deceive you? Explain how you became aware of it and how you responded. There's a difference between temptations and deception. And then thirdly, say, uh, fourthly, Satan undermined Eve's trust in God. This has been a struggle for all of us ever since. How can we live out trust in God's goodness even in the areas where we struggle? And then lastly, pray for one another. Okay, so those in the room here, discussion time around the tables. For those who are online, can I encourage you please to go on to the Zoom. You'd have got it this morning. If you are watching online for the first time and you didn't receive the email for the Zoom, please email me at office at gracevineyard.co.uk and I can add you to that list so that you get the email for the Zoom meeting now. So we're going to shut down the live stream and uh, go on to the Zoom for those who are online.